Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, we thank you for the privilege to hear your word. Speak to us as we hear your word. Bring insight. Bring illumination. We, we ask for you to reveal yourself to us. Speak to us in clear ways we can understand. Build us up in you. Infuse more of yourself in you. Heal the sick. Encourage the discouraged. Bring direction to the confused. And, and break the chains of hell. Save the lost. And glorify your name. We thank you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What powerful testimonies. God is able to do just what he said he would do. He will not forget. He was going to do it. So just hold on. Keep working with God. Because we are the blessed people. We are the blessed people. God chose us to love us. So he, he, he purposely selected us. He looked amongst many people and he said that I want you. So we have been chosen. We have been selected. We have been appointed. We have been elected to be loved. So the scripture say, said, behold what manner of love the father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. So we are a blessed people. Sometimes we may go through difficulties. Sometimes we may go through hard times. But it's all going to be okay. And of course, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk briefly, because today is a special day, I want to talk about the church's mission. The church's mission. In other words, the mission of the church. The mission of the body of Christ. Why the body of Christ exists. And why we are in church. See, once we know why the church exists, it informs why we are here or why we are in church and it helps us to be able to focus on the important things, all right? Focus on the major things and minor on the minors. In Mark chapter 12, shall we turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 12? Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay, shall we all read it together? I think it will be good if we all read it together. Are you ready for that? All right. Let's, let's read it. Let's go. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And this is the first commandment. The next verse. And this, the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. So loving God and loving our neighbors. 
He said, that is the great commandment. All right. So, this, the church's mission, remember this, the great commandment. And in the great commandment, it's first loving God and loving one another or loving um, our neighbors. And then let's look at the great commit, commitment or the great commission. The great commission. So this is the great commandment. Let's look at the great commission. Matthew chapter 28. Verse 19 and 20. Verse 18 says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's the last thing in Matthew. So it says that that's, that's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission says that go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So Make disciples. Let's all say make disciples. make disciples. And then baptize them. Say baptize them. And then the next verse says, 20, verse 20 said, teach them. Let's say teach them. All right. So three, three major words you can notice from here or phrases that point to the pillars of the church or the assignment of the church. Make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Shall we all say that together? Please, let's say it again. Make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. So God says that go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. That is the great commission. And the great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and, he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. So these are the great, the two greats, so long as the church is concerned, the two great assignments of the church. We are called to love and we are called to make. All right. Now, it's very important to understand because sometimes a lot of people have all kinds of ideas about the church. Now, before I even go further, what is the church or who is the church? Right. The church is not necessarily primarily a gathering of people in one place to worship. First of all, it's not a building. Okay? The church is not a building. Sometimes you see what like a cathedral or a church building. It means that this is a place where Christians gather to worship. So sometimes in addition you see a church, it can actually mean a church building. But when the Bible says a church, the Bible is not talking about a physical building. The Bible is talking about watch the what's a church? A church church is Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ in him. Christ in her, that's the church. Right? So you can't actually define the boundaries of the church. Because someone is in China and Christ is in him. Someone is in Afghanistan and has Christ in him. Someone is in Birmingham, has Christ in him. Another person is in Peckham, has Christ in him. And someone is in America or uh, uh, Haiti and has Christ in him. All right? 
And someone is in Methodist, has Christ in him. Someone is in Baptist, has Christ in him. Someone is in, uh, in the Catholic Church, has Christ in him. Someone is in Caris, has Christ in him. So you can't define the church based on human organization and on the boundaries of it. There's someone in prison and has Christ in him. That you understand what I'm saying? So the church is not so much about a building or about an organization. Because when some of us got born again, we were made to know that people in Catholic Church are not Christians. And there's all this whole, this massive crusade against the Orthodox Church, against the Anglican Church, because yes, they may not be able, they may not focus extensively on the teaching of God's word the way other Christian organizations do. However, it doesn't mean they are not Christians. Now, watch this. There are people in this church who are not Christians. There are people in, there are un-Christians in every church. And there are Christians in churches. But as to how you progress in your Christian life, Jesus said, make disciples, teach them. So the teachings that you receive will have an impact on how you grow. Will have an impact. You are like your teacher. Why is it that we want to send our children to good schools? Because the school that who teaches you will have a direct impact on what you turn out to be. Do you, do you understand? So that is that's a very important. However, there are people who go to posh schools and end up messed up. So it's not so much the school. But it's first what is in you and then what you expose yourself to determines what grows up in you. Your environment determines what grows in you. Your environment determines what grows in you. You can, we all have monsters in us. (laughs) We all have monsters in us. You can choose to feed your monster and grow it. Or choose to feed your angel and grow it. We all have angels in us. We all have monsters. Because human beings are human beings. Hello. So, first of all, we, we, um, we, have to, we want to establish the fact that the church is not a building. The church is not necessarily um, a denomination. But the church is human beings who are saved, washed, kept by the power of God and washed by the blood of Jesus. Whose sins have been forgiven and they are the children of God. Now, in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says that, For you are a chosen generation. Say, I'm chosen. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Talking about God, that's why the haste is in capital. His own special people that, watch this, that's very important. Very important. So it's not just chosen generation. Yes, that's fine. It's not just royal priesthood. Yes, that's fine. It's not just a holy nation. Yes, that's fine. It's not a royal priesthood. Yes, that's fine. That's what we actually are. But why are we that? Why are we that? He says, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. So first of all, the biggest assignment of the church, the biggest mission, watch this, the biggest mission of the church is to worship the true and the living God. That's our main assignment. That's why he called us. Not even evangelism. Evangelism is not the biggest. It's not a biggest. It's a commission. It's an assignment. 
But we exist for his praise. We exist for his glory. We exist for him. He said, I live to worship you, oh my God. I live for your glory. I, I, evermore my heart, my heart will say, above all, I live for your glory. We live for his glory. Hallelujah. So the church exists for the glory of God. The church exists to worship. We have to understand that. It's very important. And you see, do you know that schools have football teams and athletic teams? But you don't go to school to go and play football. Or you don't go to school to go and play games. But there are a whole lot of things that go together to make a society or an organization or an institution a strong institution. So, in every institution, there are some things that the institution practice. Like, I found out some time ago that um, um, some of the big companies, you, the workers, the workers, the employers, sorry, the employees are shareholders. I think uh, John Lewis, they are shareholders. Whilst Sainsbury's is different. All right. So, every company, every organization have the way they do their things. In some company, I met a certain a gentleman some time ago, I think, um, in a certain, I think, Apple or something like that. And he was telling me how it's so fantastic to work for Apple. Because the company he used to work, I think he was working in a certain company, and there's a lot, of, a lot of pressure. Apple, there's pressure. But he said, I feel they have this ethos of making every, every worker feel so valued, feel so important, and feel so supported. And he said, though the work is hard, they make it easy for you. And he said, that is Apple, the way they do their things. And then the guy said, actually, many American companies actually operate like that. Many American companies, they have to, they operate to make you feel, that is, but she, they don't, they are not there to make employees feel good. They are there for business. But part of what they do, because they need they work with people we, in, internally, there are ways they do things to make their external assignment strong. In the same way, the church exists. We exist for the glory of God, but there are things that Jesus has given to us or God has given to us to do so that our existence and the purpose of our existence can be even very strong. Now, I'm going to talk about four things Four things that the church must do. Now, because we are, watch this, because we are God's people, we have God's best. Because we are God's people, God's best is reserved for us. Amen. So all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and God according to his purpose. It's, it's, it's for us. God's best is reserved for us. No eye has seen, no ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. What God has prepared for those who love him. And then when you check it, it's talking about us, those his beloved. Alright, so God's best is reserved for us. That is why I believe that if you're a Christian, then you should believe God and you should connect yourself for the best of God. Your life must go well. Your marriage must go well. Your health must be intact. The devil shouldn't be able to have a field trip on your, on your, on, on your life. The devil should be able, shouldn't be able to play around your life. You must have authority. You must be in control. You must be at the top. You understand that? And so things must work for you. Life must work for you. Life must be at your command because God is on your side. So these are just fundamental opportunities. For instance, I'm called entry because of my dad. My dad hasn't done me any favor for calling me entry. And I haven't done 
my daughters any favor for calling them entry. Because it's their, that's their portion in life. What, you want, you, should they be called pencil? No. Because that, do you understand what I'm saying? So that's their portion in life. In the same way, it's your portion in God to be blessed. It's your portion in God to enjoy benefits. It's your portion in God for God to sort you out and bless you and give you peace. Shout yes. yes. It's your portion. So when you're a believer, you must understand this first, that you are called for a blessing. The Bible says he has brought us out from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. Bible says that he delivered from delivered us from the powers of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We are blessed. Say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. Amen. Our breed has never been seen. We are a unique breed. Say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So every time, sometimes when you go through difficulties and troubles, tap yourself on the shoulder and say to yourself, I am blessed. God loves me. This too shall pass. This is just for a season. This is just for a season. Because as I keep walking with God, his glory will manifest over my life. Bible says that the, 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 the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter and brighter and forevermore. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. The path of the righteous. Bible says that I, 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 Bible talks about how young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that love the Lord shall suffer. They that love the Lord or they that have the Lord, they that trust in God shall, shall not suffer any good thing. In Psalm 84 verse 11, it says that no good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. Hallelujah. No good. Say no good thing. Say no good thing. If it is called good, it will make life good for you. Bible says God will not withhold it from you. You understand that? No good thing. You must know these things. Young lions lack and suffer hunger. Now, lion, a lion connotes the, the, the strong ones, the fiercest ones. You, I mean, they can go for whatever they want and get it. But I said, even young lions, sometimes they lack and they suffer hunger. I said, but, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Talks about, he turns my morning into dancing. God turns my morning into dancing. So if you are in God, you must know what is working for you. Things are working for you. Things are working for you. And things are meant to work for you. Life is supposed to get better and better and better and better and better. And that is what you are going to experience in the name of Jesus. So just like the way I bear my dad's name, my dad's last name. That's the way when you are a believer. You are, it's your entitlement for these things I've spoken about. But that's not why you became a believer. I didn't become my dad's son that I can bear his name just for that. I came, I came. God didn't send me on earth to come and bear my dad's name. He sent me on earth for an assignment. So all those, but the problem is sometimes we come to seek for the good things of God and we settle at that. There is more to life than a car. There is more to life than children, having children. There is more to life than having a husband or having a wife. There is more to life than having money. There is more to life than buying your own house. If you buy your own house, is it the pastor who said last Sunday, how many rooms would you sleep in if you have five bedrooms? You sleep in only one room, on one bed. If you have five cars, how many will you be able to drive at a time? Only one. All right. So there are people who have it all and yet they are unhappy. The Bible says, what does a man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his soul, his own soul? 
Alright, so life is more than, Jesus puts it this way. He said, for life is more than raiment. Life is more than what you eat or what you wear. Life is more than that. And so, we are Christians, not just because God, we want God to help us and bless us. Those things are our fringe benefits. Because the Bible says that the Lord is my portion. The Lord is your portion. So, all those things will come. They are coming. And they will come. And they will stop coming. As long as we keep working with God. But so what is the main point? The main thing, let's keep the main thing main. The church exists, as I said, for, for the great commandments. And the great commission helps us to keep us going to do what we have to do. Now, watch this. We are true worshippers. Say we are true worshippers. Bible says that um, in John chapter 4, the time is coming and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such seeketh the Father to worship him. So we are supposed to be worshipping him in spirit and in truth. That, what does that mean? Our spirits are alive. We have connectivity with God and we have communication with him. But what are the four key things that I want to talk about today about what um, help the church to be strong and what the church uh, 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 is supposed to be doing to help us fulfill our main mission, which is worship. Number one, Jesus said, as we read it earlier, go into the world and make disciples. Say evangelism. evangelism. Say it again, please. The church exists to also share Christ, to speak about the goodness of Christ. Why? So that there are people who are in the world who don't know Christ, who are supposed to come and know Christ, so that they can enjoy the benefits that God has. God is a good God, but he can't just invade him. He can't invade people's life or impose himself on people. So he has sent the church. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse, verse 19 and 20 Somewhere there, it talks about how God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not imputing our trespasses against us and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. It's a commitment. He has given to us. So evangelism is not like, oh, um, an extreme religious activity or religious fanatics who evangelize. No, it is just Christians. Christians who want to make sure they are working with God and fulfilling the assignment of God, they give themselves to evangelism. Now, the church cannot be soft or the church cannot marginalize evangelism because evangelism is important. Outreach is important. Now, when we talk about evangelism, there are two ways of... uh, Two types of evangelism. We have the mass evangelism where you have maybe a church, we do an open air crusade or we do a, a, a big event somewhere trying to reach out to, the, to lost souls, getting them to come. So a whole church comes together and maybe one evangelist like Billy Graham or like Benny Hinn or like David M. G. will be preaching to them and then getting them to come to Jesus. That is mass, mass this is mass crusade and it's known, it's, it works everywhere. But the most effective one, Actually, that happened in Acts chapter 2, what I'm, the mass one. Bible says that when there was day of Pentecost, people have gathered, they heard them speaking in tongues, and Peter, Bible says, Peter stood up and addressed the crowd. He addressed the crowd, I think from verse 11 or so, and told them that what you are seeing is this what God has promised. So he addressed the crowd, and when he finished in the verse 38, verse 39, the Bible said they were, they, the people he was addressing, were cut to the heart, and he said, what shall we do? And he said, men, he said, repent and be baptized for the remission, every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter preached to them. 
All right, that's mass evangelism. But we also have where it's one on one. Mass evangelism, as well, we see in the book of Acts, a man called um, uh, Philip. Philip went to Samaria in Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Bible says Philip went to Samaria and he preached to the city. Philip went down to the city Samaria and preached Christ to them. Say them. So he was preaching to them, right? So that was mass evangelism. But we also have the personal, the one-on-one, which is the responsibility of every Christian. And where do you start? Jesus told them, go into the world and preach the gospel. And he told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The, verse 4 said, don't, don't rush and go yet, but wait for the, 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 the gift of the Father. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Say witnesses. witnesses. Say witnesses. witnesses. Who is a witness? Who, who proves, someone who goes to prove that this, this matter or this fact is true. Right. We go and tell people that Jesus is actually alive. Yeah. Jesus is alive. He changed our lives. And this is, the, this is who Jesus is. Tell people about Jesus. He said, you shall be my witnesses. Watch this. Where does he say you're starting from? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Where? Jerusalem. Where? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where they were living. So your immediate vicinity. Then it goes out. Jerusalem in Samaria. So you realize Philip went down to Samaria to go and preach. He was the first one to go and preach in Samaria because Jews and Samaritans don't meet. That's why we have the, the story about the good Samaritans. The, the, sorry, the good Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans are arch enemies. And, but Stephen went to Samaria to preach. You know what? Before he did, Jesus had gone ahead. Bible talks about how Jesus was going to, uh, uh, um, I forget when he was going to from Jerusalem it's not Jericho. I was going, I forgot where. And but Jesus said in John chapter 4, Jesus said, I need to go through Samaria. They, they don't have to go through Samaria. You're actually going off. And Samaritans and Jews don't meet. Why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? And he went there and he met the woman at the well and told the woman, ministered to the woman. Woman went and announced Jesus to the whole town. The whole town came listening to Jesus. So Jesus has taken before he resurrected. So Jesus set the groundwork work and Philip, Philip. Philip, Bible says in Acts 8, 5, I said earlier, Philip went to Samaria and went to and preach, and I like that. Bible spoke about how demons were coming out of people, and there was great joy in the city. The gospel brings joy. The gospel brings joy in families. The gospel brings joy in homes. The gospel brings joy in companies. The gospel brings joy in nations. Hallelujah. And so Philip went and preached. That's mass preaching or mass evangelism. Went preaching. All right. But then we also found out that Philip in Acts, the same Acts chapter 8, verse 30, 31 and 32, Philip went and met a man, an Ethiopian eunuch. Philip ran to him and heard him reading the scriptures of Isaiah. This man was a, a big shot. He was a politician or some, a, a very prominent man. He was traveling and the angel of the Lord told Philip, go to him. So Philip went to him and Philip started talking to him and he asked Philip to join him on his chariot. He was reading Isaiah and Philip asked him, Philip asked him do you understand what you are reading? He said, how can I understand except someone explain these things to me? Except someone explained this to me. And so, Bible says that Philip began to explain the, the scriptures. Bible, I like the, the way the Bible puts it. He said, from that same text, Philip explained Jesus. He ministered Jesus to the man. From verse 35 going, as I said earlier on, the, the, he began to explain the scriptures to him. And from the same text the man was reading in Isaiah, Philip began to teach him Jesus. Now, that tells you, that's one-on-one. And when you read down, what's to some, I think it's verse 39 or so, 
what, after the man heard the word, the man says that, um, uh, Philip said, do you believe this? He said, yeah, I believe this. I believe it. And then um, the, the man says, they, they saw water. The man said, oh, this water, what stops me from being baptized? So they went down and baptized. Now, Philip, one man. Sometimes God will put one man in your life. One man around you. Maybe your boss. Maybe your neighbor. Maybe some, we have to be able to reach out to people because that is why the, one of the main reasons why the church exists. To reach out to people for them to become true worshippers. Say true worshippers. Alright. So we have mass evangelism and, and um, individual, private, personal evangelism. And some personal evangelism, sometimes the whole church can decide that we are going. And it's even better when we do it within our, our neighborhood. When we do, because just start from Jerusalem and then go to Judea and then go to Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the world. All right. So it says start from Jerusalem, where you live, where you are at, your own home, your neighbors. That's where. And so uh, we can't have impact in this land, in our generation, if we don't impact and challenge our members, our, our, our brothers and sisters, to start having impact in their neighborhood, yeah. at their workplace, on, your, on our friends. We have to start having impact. Majority of us, many of us are here because a friend brought you. It's, it's been happening. The Bible talks about how Philip met Nathaniel, okay? And Philip told Nathaniel in John chapter 1, he told Nathaniel that I found the Messiah. And Nathaniel, Nathaniel said, can any good thing come from Nazareth? And they said, come and see. So he brought him to Jesus. And then we talk, we speak. How many of you have heard about Peter, Simon Peter? Simon Peter in the Bible, he did so much. He actually wrote some of the books in the Bible. God used him mightily. He denied Jesus, but he was the first person who preached mass to 3,000 people, and they got saved on that day. Peter, Peter wouldn't have come to Jesus had it not been for Andrew. Andrew saw Peter in John chapter 1 from verse 40 downwards. Andrew saw Peter, and Andrew told Peter that, Peter, you know what, come, I've seen the Messiah. So Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. It was Andrew, John chapter 1, verse 40. Andrew went and brought, and he first found his, his own brother, Simon. And he said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. Next verse, verse 40. And he brought him to Jesus. Do you see that? He brought, that's talking about Andrew. Andrew brought Simon Peter to Jesus. And you see Simon Peter's influence? What Simon Peter has done? You know, you never know the one who lives around you, your brother or sister. As you reach out to the person, you never know what the person is going to be doing for Jesus. Maybe that person is the next Billy Graham. Maybe that person is the next David Entry. Maybe that person is the next Benny Hinn. Maybe that person is the next great one God is raising to impact the generation. But if you don't go, you will never know what you are missing. Or you will never know how you may be letting God down. And it's not about you. It's about your obedience. As we take a step, God said he himself, he began to uh, convict their heart. Because no one can save anyone. God is the one who does the saving. Amen. Say amen. amen. So when it comes to evangelism, we have mass evangelism and um, personal evangelism, which we have seen in the scriptures. So the church, one of the f- four major things that the church is supposed to do, to watch this, to help people grow in Christ and to help people fulfill their assignment in God is evangelism. So we can get people in. and then. then the second one, which is so important as well, is um, discipleship. Say discipleship. discipleship. Say it again. Say discipleship. discipleship. Discipleship is simply helping people to become more like Jesus. Remember this. I, 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 I like this text. Let's look at Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. 
I'm sure you will like this too. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. Mighty in what? Mighty in what? Take note of that. Came to Ephesus. This man have been instructed in the way of the Lord. Being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. He was a good guy, but he was missing something. He was teaching accurately, but his understanding and his revelation and insights was limited. He loved God. He was someone whose heart was for God. He, this is, is a, is a noble man, intelligent man. He knew how to talk. He knew how to explain the Bible. He was very strong, mighty in the scriptures. But he was limited. And so what happened? Let's see what happened. Verse 26. He, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Say Aquila and Priscilla. What did they do to the gentleman? They did what? What does that mean? Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. It's different from what Philip did. Philip was a short moment just to get people born again. But after they are born again, there is a process you have to get help them. So when they say they took him aside, it doesn't mean like the way Philip met him for one short moment. No. No. It's not just a short period. They took him aside. They took upon themselves, let me put it this way, to mentor him. They mentored him. That is called discipleship. But you know what I found out about Priscilla and Aquila? Maybe if you don't know about Priscilla and Aquila were husband and wife, and they loved the things of God. They understood the things of God. So husband and wife picked the guy and said, let's help you. They picked Apollos. But 1 Corinthians chapter 16, look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 19. Very interesting point there. Is it okay we, we all read it together? Yes. All right. Can we all read it out loud? Let's go. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord. With the church that is... Ah! Who and who, who greet you heartily? You know about Aquila and Priscilla? What did they do? Now we have found out their side, what it meant. They had a church in their house. They had a church in their house, like cell meeting. In, the, in those days, church, they had a public meeting, all right, and it's still, it's, it's still valid in that, this time, just that people have become so, consumerism has hit our generation so much. People are just thinking, what I'm getting from God, what God will do for me, and that's all. Many people are marginalizing their Christian growth. They don't really care whether I'll grow or not. How, no, they don't really care. I just want to get what I need to get. God bless me. When I die, at least I'll go to heaven or I don't know what will happen. Uh, no, but it's very important to find out that this is how the church did it. They were meeting in homes and they were meeting in synagogue. So Priscilla and Aquila was one, were one, a, a couple who had a church in their home. They had home fellowship. And so you know what? This mighty man called Apollos was so strong, but then they introduced him to their home meetings, their home fellowship, and after the guy came, started come, they took him aside into their home. He was, they met him in church, in the synagogue, but he didn't end in church. He said, now let's get it home. So we can disciple you. 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, go into the world and make disciples, not make converts, not make church members. Disciples. Disciples. I want to say disciples. Our chief assignment we, in this church, we focus heavily on helping people become strong in God's word. That's a disciple. Leslie, do you know what he said? He says that if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Disciples are people who are strong in the word of Christ. And you don't get strong in the word of Christ just by hearing a, a mass message like this. You don't get the word strong in Christ. There are several ways God has put together to help us. One of the strong ways, if you have a question, how are you going to answer? How are you going to ask? Because you, dis- you disrupt the continuum and there is a message, so we have to finish it. But then later on, if we have homes, then we can discuss some of these things at home so that people can grow. I met someone recently. Uh, actually, there was one sister who came and gave a testimony. Said she didn't understand what Titan was about. But she sat on it quiet because, and what betrays you if you ask the wrong person? If you go and ask a former Apollos, he's mighty in the scripture, but he didn't understand it fully. By the time you realize he has butchered your opportunities in God. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, you may talk to one or two people, but it's always good to have a Christian brother and sister, someone who is a bit, well, matured in the things of the Lord, or a, a certain forum where we can discuss the Bible so we can grow. Because your theology, okay, that's your, your word knowledge, how much you know the God's word. Your theology, will definitely, as I said the other time, will have a direct impact on your doxology. Doxology is worship. Worship. Your theology, your understanding of God's word is is going to have an impact on how you worship. So discipleship is to help people become strong in God's word. Strong in God's word. Strong in God's word. Strong in God's word. And I see God raising Priscilla and Aquilas in this house. In the name of Jesus Christ. Shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so let's go to the next one. So first of all, I said it's so important. The church must evangelize. Evangelism is key. Number two, what did I say? Discipleship is crucial. When you go evangelize them, they come. We must then teach them the ways of God. I had a short meeting with one of our lovely sisters recently, just a few days ago, a short meeting, and about tongues. And the sister said, oh, I, I, I don't... I don't really understand it properly. It's not for me. And I said, oh, I, I would like to have a one-on-one with you and explain some things to you. The person is so genuine. But she actually didn't know the whole picture, biblical picture. And so that's what discipleship does. It helps people to understand how things are so long as our work with God is concerned. Discipleship. Let's all say discipleship. And then the third, the third key thing in church, in the church life, is leadership. Because as we gather day in and day out, it's an opportunity for someone to become better. Develop some skills. I know people who came to church, they couldn't even, they are shy people, they can't look at people's face. And now they are bold when they, their companies, they speak to a group of people and they are confident because God gave them opportunities of speaking to people, maybe a group of people or departmental leadership. And it's having a direct impact on their personal development. So leadership development is at the heart of every church. 
every effective church. We need to develop leaders. This is an easy scripture to remember. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. He says that, And these things you have heard from me amongst many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach what others also. So you pass it on and they pass it on. You pass it on and they pass it on. So, so in other words, we, we train people to be in a position to be able to impact. That's leadership. Leadership is influence. So we, we, you must be in a position to influence others so they can influence. And one of the ways that you can do that is even in small groups. Some of us, since we became um, departmental leaders or assistant departmental leaders, our leadership skills have been sharpened. And you've been able to impact someone. Sometimes, sometimes someone comes to talk to you, I'm confused, what do I do? And with your leadership skills, uh, sometimes you didn't even know you have it. But as you get to do it, someone, one wise man said that if something needs to be done, the only way to do it, is get it done, is by doing it. If you need to learn how to drive, then jump behind the steering wheel. You need to. And so, if people need to be in leadership and to be raised, we have to create the opportunities for them that they can begin to interact with people. There are people who, because of maybe our background, our personalities, we find interacting with people very difficult. And it's it's stifling our potentials. Let us not give up on people. Never write anybody off. Because everyone matters. But leadership, there's, everyone is born leader. Everyone is born. You can be a gifted pilot, but until you go through certain training, you can't fly a plane. So you can't say, I was, I'm, natural, I'm gifted, naturally gifted as a leader. So that's it. You need the opportunity to gradually begin to sharpen your leadership skills, to grow your leadership. Because we, God picks people from a certain point, and you may, you may come in clueless. But God picks you and puts you through a system. It's called discipleship. At the end of discipleship, it will make you a leader. So that you can also impact others and raise many and impact them so that we all together worship God. That's what it is about. So why am I saying this thing? It must be a heart desire in every one of us to develop in Christ, to grow in Christ, and to be able to be in the position to bless others and impact others, which will also invariably have an impact on your social life. Because God gives us opportunity to also sharpen social skills. Hallelujah. I I definitely, believe, believe you me, I definitely used not to be able to speak so easily, at least to a certain extent now. (laughs) Even though I'm still getting there. You know, I, I used not to be able to, but through the opportunities God gave me, even before I became a pastor, I was always talking to my friend in church. And then they would send us out to go and talk to people. And we're encouraging people. Through that, through that, we, we develop the grace. It's there. But it got refined. Perspiration. Inspiration is good. But you need to perspire. You need to just put what is in you to work. And so the church. We are there, the church is there to make sure people are developing as leaders. I remember that that lady who came and gave her testimony recently. She said, now, I like, when I look at myself, I like the woman I am becoming. Yes, I like the woman I'm becoming because I came to church. So it's not only because we are praying and preaching, but as interactions and influences begin to develop something in us, I see the best in you developing. I see the best in you developing. 
In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And so what did I say? Number one is what? Event number two? Number three? Number four, the last one, is care. Care. The church exists to show care. Care. Let's all say care. Say it again. I read in my Bible and I found out there are so many in the New Testament, okay? There are over about, about 58 one another's. One another. Let's say one another. Okay. There are about 58 one in the New Testament that in the church life. One another. One another. In some, some of it, it says that love one another. Forgive one another. Have compassion on one another. Treat one another with, with, with hospitality or be hospitable to one another. Minister to one another. Exalt one another. Consider one another. Preferring one another. Comfort one another. Admonish one another. Lie not to one another. Don't think evil of one another. Don't say evil. This, what, because you know why? Because the Christian walk, the church life is a community life. The church life is a together life. Did you hear what I said? The church life is a together life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. He says, for he has raised us together. He raised us up together and made us sit how? Together in the heavenly places in Christ. He raised us up together. We are together. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 11, 12, 13. He said he gave some apostles, pastors, evangelists, teachers, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. And then the verse 13, edifying on the body of God, verse 13. Till we all, say we all. all. Say till we all. all. Say Lord, till we all. all. I like the the three mosquitoes. They said, one for all, all all for all. One for all, all for one. We are, if one of us is suffering, all of us are suffering. But you know what I discovered? As the church, they encourage, God has blessed us. We are going to keep growing larger and larger and larger and larger. But as we grow larger, we must also grow smaller at the same time. In other words, sometimes when you go into a crowd, you are missing in the crowd. But until there are small pockets to attention, you, you'll be missing in the crowd. So it's our, it's our plan and it's our purpose to, to as we grow, because healthy church will grow anyway. But as we grow larger, we must also grow smaller. So growing larger and smaller at the same time. What does it mean to grow smaller? So that no one person is left out. No one person. How can that be done? Especially in the, in the community meetings. In communities, when we come together in our communities as, uh, as a church, as one body, we all belong to one church. We come together as a community. It helps discipleship. It helps evangelism. It helps leadership development. And it helps care and support. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. It is wrong for one of us, only one, to be suffering in silence. It's wrong. But it's necessary to, to grow together as a strong family. We must also remember that you need to forgive one another. Someone will be wrong. Someone will wrong you. Someone will hurt you. We are, we are all not finished products. No. You are a work in progress. Though God finished you before I started, you know you are not finished. <laughs> He's not finished with you. Tell someone, excuse me why I grow up. Listen, I am unfinished. I am not, a, some of you can tell sometimes maybe that we may handle one or two things. 
not intentionally, in a, in a genuine heart, but we can make mistakes. And sometimes the enemy can even take advantage of your mistake and slap you. And listen, I like, I, uh, I, I don't want to get political, but what America, the American Obama said, Obama's explanation for going to rescue, to, for going to negotiate for the release of that breakdown, to go and release the sergeant and release, release them for one soldier. You know Obama's explanation? He said, in America, we don't leave one behind. We don't leave. So if we have to give so many just to get our one back, we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. In the church, we don't have to leave anyone behind. We are, Jesus says that by this, the world will know you are my disciples. If you love, love one for another. Listen, someone will offend you. But let's, let's, let's get over it. Let's love. It's a love one another. It's a community life. You can't be by yourself alone. And so that is why, but guess what? As we grow larger, if we don't take care, the strength of our oneness will be diluted. And so we, God has given us the wisdom. He has put it in place already so that in our different, for various localities, in our various homes, we'll be meeting, we'll be have, me, having meetings and not just to sit and have fellowship, but also to make sure that we are covering one another's back. We are not going to gossip about people. We are, we are going to cover them up. We are going to cover them up. We are going to help them. If one is... Can you imagine someone has a court case and is going to cause, and by the time he, 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 he arrives, his family, maybe the family don't, his family sees about 20 people. Yeah. Hey, where from this? Oh, these are my church members. Yeah. Hey, supporting you in church, in court. Some of them are taking the whole day off just to stand with their sister. Yes, maybe the sister did wrong. Maybe, maybe the sister was wrong, but they said, we won't give up on our sister. We are going to stand with our brother. We are going to stand with our sister. We will not give up. We won't give up on anybody because one for all, all for one. One for all, all for one. One for all, all for one. The church is there to support, to care. When one, some, something happens, when we are rejoicing, we rally around one person, rejoice. When someone is suffering, we rally around the person and suffer with them. Help them, hold them up, hold them up. I pray for you. That God will put it in your heart and help us to be a strong family. To be a strong family, none will be left behind. None will be left behind. None will be left behind. All of us will grow together in Christ. We will grow stronger. We will evangelize together. We will care for one another. We will rise into leadership together in the name of Jesus. And we will disciple together in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive the word? Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.